0: Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put, uh, you know, my few summary takeaways in the show notes too, to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed. You know that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the mesh musing. This is a new format for Mesh Musings going forward. Instead of the three segments, I'm going to only do one, so there's no bottom line up front either. You're going to hear about today about some common anti-patterns I am hearing or, or what I can extrapolate from the conversations, like what is the opposite to what has been positive to implementation. So basically, what do I see is not working and then the opposite of what I see that is working for folks. This is not a comprehensive list, but just some things I am seeing repeatedly. Oh, and, and the Patreon should be up and running by Friday. I will be posting the interview episodes as I finish editing them on the Patreon, so you can get them a few weeks early and maybe working on some other stuff, maybe swag or stuff like that as well. Um, so hit me up with ideas about what would actually be additionally beneficial to get people to sponsor to that. And again, those are for targeting corporate credit cards. Uh, a lot of companies have told me that uh, the community has, has accelerated their deployments by three to six months. Hopefully that's worth <laughs> 10 or 20 bucks a month <laughs> for a company. Uh, so jumping into the anti-patterns, um, we've got five of them here, and, and I'm going to just go down the list. So number one, is trying to solve people and process challenges with technology. There was a great meetup hosted by Kabula where Mall Group was talking about their journey. And one person had asked a question about how do you prevent people from making changes that would break things for data consumers? The implication was what tech can you deploy to make this so this cannot happen? What can you do to make this automated? And the presenter just kind of laughed and said something about, getting people to talk to each other. I get it. Everybody wants to build awesome tech. And in general, in the data space, we've been sold technology solutions instead of technology approaches. And so everything has been a vendor saying, you buy this, We here's the blueprint on how to implement it, and it will solve all your problems. That hasn't worked. Um, And data mesh is kind of flying in the face of that but it's still a habit that we all have to break. You know, pretty much every conversation I'm having with people having a successful data mesh journey, it's so much more about people process than anything. And so many of the things are, hey, the technology is here to supplement and help and reduce friction. It's not here to solve the challenges that just getting people in a room together can solve. Second handy pattern not following the 80-20 rule pretty much everywhere. You know, this is also called the Pareto Principle, but, you know, this is kind of even a more broad application, but you get Pareto Principle is about getting 80% of the value with 20% of the work. There are many places to look at for, you know, using the 80-20 rule in Data Mesh. Sensible deep. Faults and a decent coverage via the technology of most use cases in the self-serve platform will mean 80% of data products are pretty easy to produce and maintain. Most of them will fit into a pretty easy bucket. Sensible interoperability standards and data product and data product blueprints that are extensible is kind of the same thing. Most of this stuff doesn't need to be reinventing the wheel for everything. Make this as low friction and as repeatable across everything you're doing with data mesh as possible. Do not try to paint every corner ahead of time. Work with teams when they encounter some white space that the platform or your people process or your governance or whatever isn't covering. and, And then see if the domain team should cover that white space or if you should extend the platform or what the governance team is doing to cover that white space. Third anti-pattern, swinging the pendulum of control to data consumers. This one has some nuance, so hopefully I I can address it well. There's a great uh, upcoming episode with Jessitron, aka Jessica Kerr, at Honeycomb. Uh, who's a developer advocate, and she talked about the importance of agency to drive developer buy-in. I think it was the upcoming Nav follow-up episode with Alden and Yoran, where they said, "Look, despite everything that we think, teams can choose where they prioritize. If we don't properly enable and incentivize the domain teams, the data product development—you know, those data product development teams." We're not going to get good data products. It just ain't going to happen. So trying to say that now is the time that consumers have all the power. It's, it's not going to work versus now is the time to bring the consumers and the producers to the table. You need to create that dialogue rather than trying to use, um, the stick and trying to use control over the data product developers. Cause it's, it's just not going to work. The fourth one, uh, the fourth anti-pattern, is not getting incentivization slash buy-in correct. This one is super tough in a lot of organizations and I get it. But I think agency and trust are the key. I really liked Angelo Martelli's framework for driving buy-in company-wide. So I'll go and listen to that episode. Again, Jestron's episode will be awesome about agency and working with your application developers. But again, I think it's about teaming up with the application developers, showing them what their data is being used for, why does this matter? And then making it very easy and lightweight to start sharing their data. And you know, to make this as low friction as possible and that they get a sense of why and then give them the capability or the, the trust that they can do this right. And then work with them to lower their friction, but not tell them this is exactly how you have to do it. And that, that transitions well into the last one I'll cover today, which is the fifth one, the fifth anti-pattern, trying to go too big too soon. This can mean many things, but a few are, uh, I'm going to break it down into 5 subparts of this <laughs> fifth anti-pattern. First one is trying to solve all of go- governance upfront. Look for about 10 episodes around governance in late March and, and April, but everyone I'm talking to that is is moving forward with their data mesh journey, it's not that we have to get governance completely solved. You need to not set yourself up to have compliance issues and things like that, especially if you're in a highly regulated space, but really you can do that pretty sensibly and you can work with the domain teams to to say, hey, let's not get ourselves into trouble and outside of that, we'll figure out the governance as it goes. Second one would be trying to go too big on your data products too soon. For many orgs, I'm seeing that they're starting with a table or a view as a data product. You know, JMAC envisioned data products as data sets, uh, but I think this is kind of evolving and it's okay to start with that table or view and that you aren't going for um, something more complicated than it needs to be to start to drive that initial value. Don't try to make these huge data products. Instead, focus on low friction to value and, and building the muscle around figuring out how to share your data appropriately. Third one is trying to tackle the hardest challenges in your data and analytics org early. Just no, find a way to get to good value. You need muscle before you can take on that heavy lifting and you're going to evolve into it. If you're really trying to go after the hardest challenges upfront, you're setting yourself up for failure for you really have figured out how to do data mesh, right? Um, you're, you're going to be really, really giving yourself way too high of a hurdle to get over. Fourth one is domain-driven design for data all up front. I really like Danilo Sato and Andrew Harmel Law's episode on DDD for data. And it really lays out how you can start with pretty coarse grained boundaries between the domains to get going. You don't need to do everything up front. Um, and then the last one that I'll cover today, part five of my <laughs> five anti-patterns, uh, what I'll call consumer locking. For far too long, consumers have wanted the upstream to their reports to not change. Change meant something was broken, you know, change upstream caused the rug to get pulled out from underneath those data consumers. But again, relative to the power to the consumer's aspect being wrong, consumers have to understand that things will evolve and to prepare for that. With proper prep and communication, Changes shouldn't be nearly as disruptive as they've historically been, but changes are coming, right? We need to be able to evolve our data products to figure out what's useful and what's not, and that the business itself is evolving. So what information you share about the business and the domain needs to evolve. If it's not evolving, there's a big challenge. And so, uh, or, or a big, that's a big red flag for your organization that something's wrong if nothing's evolving. So you need to work together to get people out of that kind of data warehouse, enterprise data warehouse mindset that this report will continue no matter what, you know, it, even if it doesn't really make sense. So make sure that people are aware that they'll be able to understand when things are coming and there will be versioning and things like that, but that it's, it's not, um, it's not going to be nearly as static as what they're, they've kind of historically wished for. Cause that static is stagnant. Then I'll, I'll go into the, the sixth of the big high level anti-patterns that I, you know, I, I think very, very briefly is what Jamaica said, what ThoughtWorks kind of, Puts out a lot of people say this too. So I don't want to just attribute it to them, but uh, think big, start small, move fast or don't let perfect be the enemy of good or done. Don't try for perfect. Try for building that muscle. Try for learning. Try to make failure an okay thing. If you don't, if you, if everything is high stakes, you're in for a, a world of hurt and your your implementation is highly likely to fail. So make that failure okay as well. So with that, hopefully this was useful. Feel free to ping me if you've got any questions or feedback. My info is always in, in the show notes and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the Funky outro music.